Welcome on to the Max Rich. I'm News 5's Heather Williams. And did something happen this week? <laughs> of course, I'm being totally sarcastic there. If you didn't get a chance to pay attention, you've been busy this week or whatever. Of course, I'm talking about the appeal of Hendrick Motorsports and how part of NASCAR's ruling was upheld. Part of it was overturned. I think it's just an absolutely fascinating case study in NASCAR right now. Um, the fact that they made them pay the money, made the crew chiefs finish out their suspensions, but gave them back their points it is very interesting to me because obviously the appeals panel thinks that Hendrick Motorsports did something wrong, but they also must believe that the punishment was too harsh. But my question is, if you're not punishing them with points, what's the real punishment? Right, Alex Bowman's crew chief the last two weeks is the guy who was their crew, his crew chief the last four years. Is that a punishment for him? It's probably a little bit of an advantage, right? Because he's working with a guy that he's far more familiar with than his crew chief this year, who he'd only been with for, for what, three races, four races before he was suspended. Not to mention that what all of these drivers, what all of these teams, what all of these organizations race for is driver's points. So driver's championship means far more than manufacturer's championships and owner's championships. Anything else that's out there, the biggest prize at NASCAR is that driver's championship. So if you can do whatever you want and not get punished with driver points, unless an actual driver does something wrong, I'm not sure that that's a huge deterrent to an organization like Hendrick Motorsports. Is the money that he was fined an outrageous amount of money for you and me? Absolutely. For Hendrick, is it kind of painful? Yes, it is. But is that amount of money painful enough to keep them from doing whatever NASCAR or the appeals panel thinks that they did wrong in order to win a championship? You start weighing the risks and the benefits here. And who knows, for a team like Hendrick or Joe Gibbs Racing or, or RCR, they may decide that the benefits of that fine are worth it. Like the benefits that they got from cheating are worth the fine that they're paying if it ultimately results in a championship for their team. So I'm fascinated by this. We're going to talk about it a little bit more with Chris coming up uh, because I just, I'm, I'm blown away by this ruling. Also coming up, we're going to have uh, Brad Kozlowski. And I wish I had had a chance to talk to Brad before the ruling came down because he's a guy that was hit really hard last year by a ruling by NASCAR lost a ton of points and his team never really could recover his team or the 17 team of Chris Buescher but unfortunately I did the interview with Brad beforehand uh he still got great things to say Roush Fenway Keselowski Racing is out to a really good start probably the kind of start they thought that they were going to get last year or at least that groove at some point in the year. And they, they did find it a little bit towards the end of the year. Chris Buescher won at Bristol. And they were, they were running pretty good by September, October, November. So you're going to enjoy the conversation with Brad, even though I didn't get to ask him the elephant in the room question because we talked before that ruling came down. Well, I don't know why I'm making you wait. Let's get going. First of all, let's start with this. This week we raced um, at the road course at Coda. Uh, three overtimes. 
to finally choose a winner. At times it seemed a little bit kind of, I don't know, I don't know if ridiculous is the right word, but a little much, three overtimes. Do you think that it's time to start thinking about maybe limiting the overtime attempts? Does that does the, the that many overtimes detract from what the actual racing was? Heather, I think so. I, I, I'll say this. I, I think we need to somehow do something different. I, I thought, to be honest with you, as a NASCAR competitor, almost lifetime NASCAR member since I was 16 years old, being part of it, it's it's what I do. It's what I how I made my living. It's it's you know my life basically. I was I was really embarrassed. I'll just be honest with you. I, I was I was uh, really frustrated with you know they all go down in the first turn and cram in there like a bunch of kids going to the ice cream shop and they're about to run out of ice cream. I you know to go in there and just run into one another, slam into one another, knowing good and well they're not going to make it through that corner, you know, and, and just tear up a lot of stuff and bring out another caution and it's just uh, to me it's it's far beyond what is normal and what is good racing. Uh, I know the fans like excitement, they like beat and bang, they like controversy and this, that, and the other, but I, I got I got to the point where it's like, is this ever going to end? So maybe the answer is to say, all right, we're going to do this one time or some kind of limitation. Uh, personally, I think the answer would be to people that do stupid stuff they need to have a penalty of some type and or, or have some type of discipline and know that it's going to be there because right now they know that they're not going to get anything. Uh, there's like there's no teacher in the room or no principal in the office. So um, I, I, I just, I don't know. I, what we had Sunday is, is not to me not anywhere close to what we should call a good show or good racing. So the NASCAR appeals panel uh, yeah. rolled back some of Hendrick Motorsports uh, penalty, basically kept the money and the crew chief suspensions, but uh, gave them back all their points. I mean, whether you agree with what Hendrick did, whether you agree it was right or wrong, obviously the appeals panel thinks that they had some wrong, but giving them their points back, does a monetary find really hurt or detract these teams for doing stuff or if they just kind of open the door for people to break the rules knowing that the precedent's kind of been set that all it's going to do is cost you a little cost you a little money well when we heather when we get to the level of hendrick and the other top tier teams especially in the cup series i don't think the monetary penalties are going to stop much of anything because the gain outweighs the reward out gain outweighs the penalty or the risk or the detriment the discipline whatever you want to call it uh those guys have enough people on their staff they, they it's not going to hurt them to miss a crew chief for a while he trust me he's still involved anyway he may not be sitting on the box but the the, the the, most of the communication comes from places that aren't even at the racetrack, and you can guarantee he's sitting in the room. So, I, I don't know. I, I think the um, this this is a very confusing situation for me personally because I'm not. I know I don't know what really happened as far as the infraction, 
the stories have changed. There's different sides of the story. There's, there's, you know, it's kind of like, eh, I'm not really sure what happened here and what the penalty was for. And I'm not so sure anybody does. So I, this whole total package of this next-gen car, to me, is very hard to police. And I think you're putting a lot of people on the spot when you ask them to police so many things when there's a lot of still a lot of gray and they've tried to get away from any gray and and i don't think it's a bad thing but um you know the the supply of parts has not been good that's well documented there's a little bit of confusion about this that and the other and uh then when you have stiff penalties it's like man it's a razor sharp edge so um i i don't i don't really I don't have a good comfort level on this whole scenario about what's going on. I think they're just trying to say, okay, let's let's call it, let's just say this is the penalty, let's call it good, let's go on, and we'll try to do better down the road. So the hearing for the other car involved in this, Justin Haley, isn't until next week. Does that kind of put that appeals group in a box? Because, I mean, they're all accused of doing the same thing, and they've already let these these four big big teams off it would be yeah. kind of tough for them to punish the little guys I, I i think that they're going to have to be they're going to have to come up with some kind of uh, uh defining discipline that's going to be way less expensive for that team because they're not hendrick racing and they're they are on a much lower end budget wise i think the the money issue would be a bigger problem for them obviously than it would for Hendrick Racing and I you know I as I understand if I've got my P's and Q's right I think they only took one of their flaps which doesn't make sense at all and I don't know I'm not (laughs) I'm not sure the state troopers radar gun was working (laughs) great that day and I just it's very confusing about what really went on with all that uh, you listen to all the sides of the story. You listen to Chuck and Alice and Jeff Gordon's explanation and their their arguments, pretty compelling arguments. So I, I, I don't know. I think it's it's probably going to take a little more digger, deeper digging to find out what's really under all the dirt here. So uh, I hope they're a little more lenient on the Justin Haley on the on the uh, Spire Motorsports team. I, I think I think they need to be, in my opinion. Um, this week we go to Richmond. Uh, short track racing has not really been a strong point of no. the next-gen cars. What are we hoping to see? What are we looking to see this week in Richmond? I, you know, for Richmond, when I think of Richmond and what's best, the best racing there is, is a track that's a three-quarter mile track. It's a, it's a pretty fast, pretty fast racetrack, even though it doesn't have a lot of banking. In the past, it's had a lot of grip, but that's that's gone away. That has Elvis has left the building as far as that deal, and those cars slide around a lot. The tires fall off very quickly. Uh, there's there'll be three racing grooves at least on both ends of the racetrack. Uh, it's hard on brakes. It's hard on tires. Uh, getting the balance right is a headache for the crew chief and the race engineers and the driver. Uh, track position is still a premium because it's very hard to pass at times and restarts are going to be crazy because they're going to be trying to make up time on new tires while they can i hope it gets to where there's good racing as the tires fall off 
uh, back to where they can run two, three wide, race side by side for several laps, several laps, you know, maybe bump and grind just a little bit, bump and shove just a little bit, not wreck stuff and tear up stuff. But, you know, and then it come down to the end of the race and enough cars are there with, with enough guys with good cars to where they can have a good race to the end. And again, that type of good racing side by side, leaning on one another a little bit, cars sliding around, uh, spinning the tires and, and sliding both ends. And, and that, that makes, to me, that makes for a good show what stock car racing should be about. So I'm, I'm hoping that will be the, the, the thing that happens for both the Xfinity race and the cup race this weekend. First of all, Brad, thanks for doing this this week. Appreciate it. Welcome. Um, so ninth of the points right now, I feel like you and RFK and Chris, everybody out to a really good start to the season. How would you evaluate your season so far? Yeah, we've made a lot of progress from where we were last year in, in 2022 to where we're at today in 2023. And, and that shows itself in, in the point standings and, you know, some of our runs that we've had, but uh, we're not where we want to be. We want to be winning races and, and contending week in and week out. We've had a couple really good races uh, where we've contended, but, uh, now the push is how do we get to that next level where we can, you know, consistently win races. So uh, big initiative for us, big drive, a lot of progress to be proud of, but a, a way still to go. The, I feel like the beginning of the season is so hectic, so many different types of tracks, so much travel, so much going on. Do you like it? Is it a good way to evaluate where your team is? Because I don't think you've really run any track that's been similar so far this season. They've all been completely no, different. No. Yeah, six races in, and we've seen – Almost every type of racetrack you could see here in, in a couple of weeks here, we'll, we'll really have seen all the tracks you could have seen when we go to Bristol on the dirt. So, um, you know, it's a, it's a good test of where we're at as a team. We know our strengths and weaknesses right now. The road courses appear to be a stop for us and, and the super speedways appear to be a strong spot. So we need to capitalize on that with good runs when we, we uh, have the places that are great and wins potentially. And, and we need to minimize the damage at tracks that uh, don't favor us. So um, this week at a short track, I mean, the one win that you guys had last year was at a short track at Bristol. I know Bristol and, and Richmond are not yeah. that similar, but uh, do you look forward to this week? Yeah, I think there, there's some good takeaways that we have for Richmond. My teammate Chris Busher had an incredible run there last uh, last fall, running second at Richmond and uh, and then carrying that on to a win at Bristol in the, in the fall there a little bit later. But uh I think we've got a good notebook for that racetrack. It's a track I've had a lot of success at. I haven't won two races there. And uh, I think we'll be a, a, a definite contender come uh, come race time Sunday. So in two weeks, uh, you are here in Bristol. Uh, all the success that you've had at Bristol, I know it's a completely different track now with the dirt, but do you still like going to Bristol or do you wish they just keep the dirt off of it? I like going to Bristol, but I would prefer that it, it, it be a concrete racetrack for both races. But uh, you know, I understand that there's some people that are excited about it. And, uh, uh, you know, it, it's it's been uh, an interesting site for us, something new and different. But uh, I'm hopeful that when we come back in 24, it'll be concrete. For my final thought today, I, I just want to take some time to pause and recognize Mark uh, a sad part in NASCAR history and in racing history. And that was the passing of Alan Kowicki 30 years ago this week, August, uh, April 1st of 1993. I talked a little bit with Chris for a story I'm doing for our race coverage next week here in Bristol. 
And then I talked to him a little bit off camera about the passing of Kawiki. And it really is, it really is just kind of a part of a sad time in NASCAR. We lost several drivers way too soon in that area. Kawiki, um, Davey Allison, Tim Richmond. And those were guys that were really supposed to be the future of the sport. So losing them in that time, at a time when Richard Petty was retiring from racing, there was a little kind of a changing of the guard, the new guys coming in. And then just to lose so many of those young guys in that time period was really tough for the sport. When you talk about Kowicki specifically, that guy might be the smartest guy that's ever raced in NASCAR. Engineer really brought in the wave of engineer and engineering technology in the sport, the use of, you know, not just mechanics, not guys that could just fix cars, but guys that really understood why the cars did what they did. And his passing far too soon in the plane crash right outside of Bristol, right outside the Tri-Cities Airport, is really one of the dark times of NASCAR. And even to this day, uh, Alan Kowicki is surely, surely missed. There'll be a lot of celebration of his life over the next week here. There'll be some stuff at the track, I'm sure. But I just want to take time to, to remind everyone of this, this this somber anniversary. But more importantly, just maybe go Google. Maybe go just learn a little bit more about he is. Go watch some of the stories that I've done or some other people have done or written about Alan Kowicki because he really is a very important figure in the sport of NASCAR. That'll do it for the backstretch. We'll see you next week.